Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Drunk Gossip. Um, first of all, thank you guys for listening. Um, I went through um, last week, and I've been trying to make this into a radio program or sell it as a radio program. Um, and you guys just I so I did an episode every day to show that there's enough content, enough waves for for this to actually be stretched out. And hopefully my uh, my sales team, my manager, my agent can all make this happen. Um, I just want to thank you guys for listening. And we're gonna, going to start with a Drunk Gossip exclusive. Um, I don't know if anyone watched The View on Friday, but they were saying goodbye to Paula Ferris. And at the very end of the segment, they were doing a champagne toast... Um, as they do for the co-hosts that they like. And um, after Paula hugged everyone and they started clinking their glasses, she said, this is not goodbye. Um, This is just so long for now. I'll always be around. And Whoopi Goldberg made a, a comment that she won't. Now, that doesn't mean anything by itself. Um... However, there's there's evidence that's piling up that Whoopi is readying to leave The View. Um, the most important clue that she's ready to leave is what she's told Wendy Williams, that um, she's not going to be doing this forever, and that she's almost, you know, she apparently she was going to quit last year. Um... But more than that, um, when she re-signed the contract, it was only for one year. Uh, and typically, you don't sign year to year. Um, if if you're an actor of a certain caliber, uh, or of a certain status, TV shows will let you do that. But when you're a talk show, daytime audiences, um... And this might sound like I'm explaining, and maybe I am a little bit. Um, but daytime audiences like routine. They like um, knowing who's going to be there. Um, they like consistency. Um, and that's why the views ratings tank as bad as they did um, for a long time, because they never daytime audiences never knew who was going to be on the show from day to day, or when the the co-hosts were going to leave. Um, and I mean, it's still kind of that way, but not really. Um, the next clue is Whoopi has really checked out. Um, I, I think the, her feud with, uh, Jean Piero is just the latest in a long line of incidents where she just doesn't give a damn and good on her, you know? I, I know people think that I shouldn't say that. That it's wrong. But frankly, I'm with Whoopi. I don't give a damn. Like, you know, you don't go on someone's show and treat them like that. You don't talk about them like they're not there. You don't point your finger at them. And you certainly don't get up in their face. Yeah, um, so Jean was definitely wrong for that. Um, but I, I just really feel like Whoopi has been, you know... Rumors when she, when she joined the show, it was because she was broke and couldn't get an acting job. 
now she's kind of in vogue again. Um, and, and she's getting work. And she's creating her own own stuff, too. Um, I don't... Many people already know this, but she did um, Sister Act, the, the musical. So it's not outside the question that she want, she has other projects that she wants to explore. Um, she had a recurring... I forgot what show it was, but she had a recurring gig on some show. Um, and the Daily Grind just might be getting to her. Um, for a while, she had Fridays off. I don't... I haven't watched as much as I used to. Um, because I've been just really busy with work and I'm getting the podcast up and running. Hopefully getting the blog up and running on... Monday. So I, you know, I just I haven't had the time like I used to to sit and watch. Um, so I don't know if she's still off on Fridays. I know Joe Behar was off this week. Um, but we're gonna continue to follow this, especially since this is a drunk gossip exclusive. If you run the story of Whoopi Goldberg leaving, please credit Drunk Gossip, um, either with a link or at least a mention. Thank you so much. I will be right back. And I'm back. Um, I know in the first segment I forgot to say what I was drinking. So I just want you to know I'm drinking cherry Sprite and cherry vodka. Yes, it's very cherry. It's so delicious. Mm. Um, so as I predicted, there's a, there's a lot more coming out about the um, Les Lunas. Uh, Me Too scandal. Um, Friday I brought you the news that the story had broke, that Ronan Farrell had wrote the story. It was going to appear in The New Yorker. And his reaction, CBS's reaction to it all. Um, Yesterday I brought you Julie Chin's reaction and what Ronan Farrell had to say about the whole matter. And now we're going to talk about someone who's been an employee of Les's for quite a while, actually. Uh, Sharon Osbourne. Now, I don't remember if um, Les was head of MTV and Viacom when the Osbournes was on. Um, But Sharon Osbourne and... Les Moonves goes way... They go way back. Um, and so she had an interesting little quote. I don't know if she's telling the company line or if this is what she really thinks. But she says, Interesting timing. Seems like an attempt to discredit Leslie before a major court case. I hope people don't rush to judgment and let CBS conduct their investigation. Now... You can argue um, this either which way. It it does have the stirrings of a corporate intrigue story. It also... Um, there's also an element of... You know, he's, he probably did do this. He admitted that he more than likely made women feel uncomfortable with his come-ons at, from time to time. Um... He says he never abused his position. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a little... 
I do think the timing is very sketchy, especially, um, especially with, um, Sherry Redstone trying to merge Viacom and CBS and Leslie being the one blocking that, um, In either case, if he's out at CBS, he's walking away with $150 million. Um, unless it, this, unless this was, this is an attempt to be able to fire him for, um, violating a morals clause and not have to give him anything. Um, I wouldn't put it past, um, but I can see Leslie fighting this really hard. And... Frankly, I don't know that CBS would survive without Leslie because it was in it was dead last in the ratings before he took over. Um, and what he did was very genius. Um, he doesn't worry about um, the demographics. He worries about the total audience, which is how he's been able to make CBS the um, most watched network for like the last 10 or so years. Probably longer than that. Um, I'm not condoning what has happened. But the timing is very suspicious. Although, and I do have to put this disclaimer out there as well, the gossip blogs were lighting up with um, rumors of an expose on Leslie Munez. Um, so, but there's one particular blind. I don't, I think it was over on Crazy Days and Nights. It could have very easily been um, blind gossip. It was from a while ago. Um, but basically what the blind says is that there's going to be a fall guy. And it, the person blamed is not actually the one that did it. So, there's a very good chance that Liz is the fall guy um, because he's blocking what Sherry wants. We're going to watch this story as it unfolds, and I will be right back. I'm back. Are you ready for some trashy gossip? I know I am. So... Um, we've talked before about um, Kevin Federline wanting more child support money from Brittany. And Brittany's saying, mm-mm, bitch, I ain't supporting your kids. And Daddy Spears was supposed to make it all go away. Well, Daddy Spears has offered a $10,000 um, per child raise to KFED per month. And KFED said, no, I want more. This begs a lot of questions. Um, And if you read the comments on D-Listed, most of them are hilarious. There are a few that make me want to punch the commenter in the throat, but that comes with the territory of having um, a, a successful gossip blog. Hopefully, drunk gossip gets there one day. In any case, um, I really want to know, first of all, why does Kevin Federline need more than $40,000 a month to support two kids? 
Now, I know someone's going to come at me and say he has four other kids. The child support is not for them. The child support is for Sean Preston and Jaden. So, even though he has six kids, them, the money that Brittany pays out should not be for them. Why is Papa Spears offering a raise when he was dead set against it in the beginning, too? Is is K-Fed blackmailing them or something? Like, does he have some good good dirt on our our favorite pop queen? The answer there is probably yes. Even I can't deny that she had a really rough um couple of years. Um it, it, here's the thing. Brittany's worth I think almost two hundred million dollars. So it's not that she can't afford it. Um her CDs still sell. Um she's on tour right now making a boatload of cash. She has a residency um at Vegas which is reportedly worth a hundred million dollars. So I mean girlfriend is making bank. Um and that's not including her lingerie line, which I believe is very successful. Um her line of perfumes it has to be bringing in a ton of cash. So, again, you know, very smart, astute businesswoman. Um, and there is nobody out there who sells product placement in their music videos better than Britney. I mean, you watch any of those videos and, and just ka-ching your way through the song. Um... But, more to the point, like, at some point, either Kevin's going to have to release what he has because they're going to start saying no, or Papa Spears has to get a written account of what's being spent on those boys. And, you know, as a child of divorce, I have to say this, you do, you know, when you go over to the non-custodial parents, in my case, my dad, you do expect a little bit more fun, a little bit more... Um... A little... Yeah, just a little bit more fun, like, better dinners and whatnot. Um, because the non-custodial parent is usually the one with the money. Um, so in this case, Kevin does have full physical custody. Um... And and Brittany probably is supposed to be, like, the fun mom. But, you know, I can't imagine my dad being, like, okay, you know, you want $1,000 per kid. I'm just going to go ahead and give this to you. So I don't know why people are saying that Brittany should just fork over the money. No, Brittany should not fork over that money. That lazy bum needs to go get himself a job and quit using his former marriage to support his current wife and all six of his kids. That money is for two of those kids. I don't care what people, you know, if that means that, you know, Sean Preston and them get nicer toys or whatever, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. I mean, it it might not sound fair, but... It's not fair that Brittany has to pay for, 
Cavehead pulling out his dick every time he wants something. And that's the truth. I'll be right back. Okay, and I'm back. Um, you know, I... Okay, true confession here. I love Gossip Girl. Uh, I'm about halfway through um, the series right now. I watch it on Netflix. And there is something about Chuck Bass that really turns me on. I mean, obviously, Ed Westwick is part of that. Um, I mean, he's a large part of that because, hello, he's a very, very handsome man. Um, Very, very, very handsome. I'm just, I was looking at pictures of him and I'm like, oh. And um, before I get into why we're talking about him right now, I just want to tell you a little story. So I had a friend, um, we're no longer friends for various reasons, but we, I, I had a friend and, um, she was part of the Occupy Wall Street movement. And apparently, Ed Westwood came out and really supported them, um, the police were getting ready to arrest them and he protested with them and, um, the way she tells it, like, he was just very genial, very, um, very awesome, like, and he said that he very much believed in, in, in their cause, he was tired of capitalism, hated it, um, and that everyone should be treated equally. Apparently, when he said everyone should be treated equally, what he meant was he should be able to screw whoever he wanted to, whenever he wanted to, and however he wanted to, because two women, um, came forward and alleged that he raped them. And, and their stories were very similar. Basically, uh, their boyfriend, who happened to be a business associate and already friend of Ed Westwick's, um, would get them over to his apartment, and suddenly they would feel very sleepy. Um, and he would tell them to go lay down, and then they would wake up with his, with his penis inside of them. And so both both women reported this to the police, and um, he was being investigated for um, oh, he was being investigated on rape charges. Well, on Friday, the LAPD cleared him of all the charges. They said no charges. Of course, this was they botched the paperwork completely and said that he was born in nineteen fifty. Um, and. I mean, that's just, I, I don't, get your shit together, LAPD. I mean, when they were, when the mistakes were pointed out to them, they said that they would fix it, quote unquote, when they had time. And it took more than an hour for them to fix it. You know, I, I, I don't even know what to say to that because I'm stunned at the level of incompetence there. But here's what's even more stunning. So while no charges were filed, um, and Ed Westwick's 
attorney crowed, you know, we knew that this was going to be the outcome because, you know, he didn't do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, and this just proves that he didn't do it. But the thing is, is the cops didn't say he didn't do it. What they said was, it was outside of the statute of limitations. So, I don't know if that means that they actually found evidence, but they couldn't, do, they couldn't prosecute because it was outside of the statute of limitations, or if they really didn't find anything. Um, the fact that the statute of limitations was brought up is a little um, disconcerting to me. I'm not saying for sure that he did do it, but why bring up statute of limitations as someone's innocent and um, totally not guilty? It sounds like someone was trying to um, define the narrative around the story. And they they were able to do it, and they did it quite successfully, because everyone is talking about how he's not being charged, and he didn't do it, obviously. And he should sue these women because he lost... Um, employment and he lost other opportunities and how is he going to make a comeback now but everyone's failing to listen to the whole outside of the statute of limitations thing that and that kind of nags at me a little bit like I said I don't know I wasn't there um only the women in Edwiswick know for sure if he raped them or if they consented um to the sex I'm going to consent to getting another drink so I will be right back Okay, I'm back. And we're going to play our favorite game, Drunk Casting for the View. Um, if Whoopi is indeed out, which all indications seem to be that she is, they're going to need a new moderator. The most logical um, person at this point is Joy Behar. I don't know if Joy... Um, with Joy being out sick, I don't know if that was more of a, you know, let's negotiate here a situation or if she's really ill. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they're negotiating with Joy right now to take over the moderator seat. Um, she's been with him since the beginning and only took off a season when she thought she was going to have her um, Joy Behar show on MSNBC. Um, that lasted roughly a year, um, and then it was canceled and she came running back to the VO. Um, my top choice is someone who is also very familiar to view, um, to viewers of the view. But, I, I don't know if, if they would actually hire her again, or if she would actually come back again. But I would love to see Rosie O'Donnell back. Rosie, first of all, is Rosie's just good TV. Um, she brings a certain flair to The View that no one else does. Um, she is, she encompasses everything about The View that makes it fun. She's very political. She's very up on pop culture. She, um, you know, she can do fun segments like the arts and crafts, um, but then she can turn around and do very serious interviews, and I, I just think if Whoopi's leaving, they need a big name, and they need someone familiar, um, to viewers. As I mentioned, 
before daytime viewers crave consistency um, and they want to see the same face over and over. The con of hiring Rosie is um, she's quit twice before, once in the middle of the season. Um, and again, that's why I don't know if she would want to come back or what's going on there. Um, so let's let's look at some other big names. Um, Nikki Fink again. I, I suggested her for Sarah Haynes and Paula Ferris's replacement. Um, but she's too publicity shy to be the moderator. And I really can't see her being on the show that often. Um, if we're going for someone really well-known to daytime audiences, there's Susan Lucci. She was the queen of ABC Daytime for more than 40 years. Um, she's very missed, um, very well-beloved, very smart. Um, she might be outside of the demographic that they're aiming for, but she would bring a nuance to the show that really no, almost no one else can because she's been famous for longer than most of them have been alive. Um, with the exception of Whoopi and Joy. Um, there's a GMA anchor. I cannot think of her name. It's Laura something. Laura Spencer, I think. No, that's the name of a general hospital character. Um, it's, it's Laura something. It'll come to me later. And I'm going to kick myself. Um for not remember while I was recording. But anyways, um, she, I don't know that she would be a good moderator, though. They seem to want really big names. Um, there's, um, there's Rolanda Watts. Um, she's a former talk show host. Um, she could, she could be trying to get back into the game. That would be really interesting. Um, I've heard, and there's no confirmation of this, but I've heard that they have tried to get Oprah a few times. Um, we all know Oprah's very liberal, we all know. But the view is not necessarily, like, she might like to watch it, and I believe she does actually like to watch it, but I don't think she's going to, um, want a star on it. Um... You could try to get someone like Heather Locklear, but she has so many uh, mental issues at this point. Um, Maureen Dowd, who is a very famous New York Times journalist. Um, I don't know if she would be famous enough, but she's certainly done her share of big stories, including um, the Uma Thurman story, where she um, revealed the car accident that um, Quentin Tarantino caused, in a way. Um, Diane Sawyer. Um, I don't know if Diane has actually ever even guest-hosted. Um, I need to look that up, but Diane Sawyer would be a really interesting guess. Or, um, again, going back to the consistency argument... Meredith Vieira would be a uh, an intriguing choice. Um, 
her time away from the view may have made her more um open to being political um we never really got a sense of who she was she just moderated the conversation um before um and the show wasn't as political when she was on it became really political after rosie took over for the first time so there's that um we're gonna keep on top of the view story um if you have any tips or anything that you want to say, please email me at edanderson at uh, edanderson00 at gmail.com. My website email is down for some reason. I'm working on getting that back up and running. Um, I will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of Drunk Gossip. But thank you for listening. Cheers. <laughs>